I really thank God for um, giving us opportunity to be here. Uh, thank you, Pastor. And uh, this is a place that we always want to. Is it on? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Um, children, you're released. <laughs> um, Pastor, they want to sing. Is that all right? Do we have time to sing? Okay. All right. Come on up, kids. Um, again, while the kids have been dismissed, amen. Um, thank you again for your prayers. Thank you for your support. Uh, thank you for your encouragement. Um, it's always uh, a delight to be here, amen. This is a place where we'd like to sit and park, amen. Um, we just feel right at home, and uh, thank you, Pastor, again, for giving us opportunity. Um, I'm not part of the singing, so that's good, good at all. God puts us all through trials that we may not understand. And sometimes we think this can be part of His plan. But in every trial you go through, remember this one thing is true. God is there when the mountains seas won't part and your life seems so dark in every trial you've been through god is right there next to you in every struggle and trying time feel him sometimes we don't see him but it doesn't mean he's not there amen 
And um, praise the Lord. Um, take your Bibles, please, and turn to um, the book of, if I can find my notes, I'm missing one page. There we go. Okay. <laughs> and I'm not getting old. I'm getting young. Amen. Um, Luke chapter 8, please. Luke chapter 8. And uh, again, it's good to be here. I really thank the Lord for the opportunity uh, to come. And uh, thank you for uh, making this, fam- this uh, missionary family feel right at home. Um, we love you all. We pray for you all uh, faithfully. And uh, thank you so much for um, encouraging us and holding the rope while we're down there. Uh, we're not sure when we're going to be heading back uh, to Nigeria because of the COVID. Uh, thousands of people are dying um, in Nigeria right now. We don't really trust what the government is saying. Um, and so uh, we just go as God leads, amen. If God wants us there, I know he'll have uh, a wall of protection around us and to complete what he has called us to do. Um, Luke chapter 8, and, um, and just a real quick update on the, on the container. I forgot to mention that during Sunday school. Um, we were about two weeks away from getting the container until when COVID-19 hit and all the lockdown, everything was locked down uh, until just about uh, maybe a couple weeks ago. So the agent is going through the process of clearing the container and um, they've had a lot of rules changed, um, rules changed, um, a lot of requirements now, a lot of things have changed before the COVID lockdown. But, um, but we are gonna get the container. And even if I'm here, I have already people who are ready once, it's, once it, they release it, to take it to the house, and we already have built a shed for the, uh, for the Bibles. And uh, so I just wanted just to say again, thank you for uh, your sacrifice and your support uh, for getting us the Bibles. I think it's like close to 10,000 Bibles are going to be in the container. And, um, and so it's, half of it is already going to be used for the ministry at the universities at the, in, in Nigeria anyway. So, um, so we're excited about heading back. Uh, once we hit the ground, we hit the ground running. Uh, and then also we're planning a, fi- um, a conference for the pastors. It's every five years. And this is where we, um, we, uh, we spoil the pastors, really, to be honest with you, and the kids. Um, we get them uh, clothes. Um, this year we're trying to get them um, brand new shoes for the pastor and his wife. And, you know, we take it for granted. We can go to Walmart, you know, and buy a pair of shoes if one runs out or, or wears out. But it's not that easy in Nigeria. Um, it's either you buy food or you buy clothing. And so getting all these clothes and um, shoes and study materials and toys for the kids, it means a lot to them. And then, uh, we're, and then they get to preach to us, amen? And uh, so the first time that we did it, we, get, we had gotten close to three, about 350 uh, in attendance. And this year, we're trusting the Lord that we're going to get like 500. And uh, so we're trusting God. So just pray. Uh, with this COVID-19, I don't know how that's going to work out, but God is on the throne. He knows what's going on. And uh, we're looking at doing it sometime in August of next year. And, um, and so just continue to pray for us that God will continue to protect us and continue to use us. And thank you for, so much for the sacrifice that you've made uh, for us in the country of Nigeria. Um, Luke chapter 8, and let's look at verse number 26. Shall we please stand for reading the God's word, please? Luke chapter 8. Um, Luke chapter 8, and look at what it says in verse number 26. We're going to read verse 26 through verse 39. I'm going to try and read as fast as I can and not miss any word. Amen? Uh, verse 26 says, And they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. And when he went forth to land, 
There met him out of the city a certain man which had the devils long time, and wear no and and wear no clothes, neither abode in any house but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, and uh, for oftentimes it had caught him, and he was kept bound with chains and in fetters. And he brake their bands and were driven of the devil into the wilderness. And Jesus asked him, saying, What is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. And they besought him that he would not command them to go <clears throat> into the deep. And there, were, and there was there an herd of many swines feeding on the mountain. And they besought him that he would suffer them to enter into them, and he suffered them. Then went the, the, uh, the devils out of the man and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into a lake and was choked. Um, when, they, when, when they that fed them saw what was done, they fled and went and told it in the city and in the country. Um, then they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And they also, which saw it, told them, by what means he that possessed, uh, he that was possessed of the devils was healed. Um, then the whole multitude of the country of the Gadarenes round about besought him to depart from them, for they were taken with great fear. And he went up into the ship and returned back again. Now the man out of whom the devils were departed besought him that he might be with him. But Jesus said unto him, uh, unto him uh, away, saying, I'm sorry, and, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to thine own house, and show how great things God had done unto thee. And he went his way, and published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done unto him. Praise the Lord. I would like to preach on this subject with help the Lord, the man whose name was Legion. Amen. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for today. Father, as we know as Christians, there's nothing that we can do outside of ourselves. But God, we're asking you, oh Lord, that you would um, speak to our hearts, Lord, this morning. Fill me, Lord, with thy Holy Spirit power. I yield myself to you, God. I pray, Lord, that you would guide my words and guide my thoughts. Father, I pray for these great people, Lord, for all that they have done and all that they mean to us. Um, Lord, I pray that you would give them a blessing today. God, I pray you be our teacher. Thank you for all that you've done and what you're going to do this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated, please. Thank you. We know the story. Basically, Jesus was, had compelled the disciples to get into the ship. And so um, as they were going, to, going they were, as they were in the ship, the Sea of Galilee, the Sea of Galilee is about maybe five miles radius and on a clear day, you can see from one end to the other end. And so uh, I would imagine they go on the ship and to go to the other side, and it was as clear as day. 
and then all of a sudden the uh, the storm came and um, and the storm was uh, was very uh, ferocious and and um, water was getting in the ship and and um, and they thought that they were going to drown they were going to die and so they made it to the other side and um, it was a it's kind of a lesson to us folks and and uh, there are people on the other side of this uh, of the community in our in our town in our country even in Nigeria that they need Jesus Christ and if you decide you're going to do something for God if you decide that you're going to launch out into the deep if you if you decide to serve the Lord listen now you're going to find yourself in opposition storms are going to come and uh, just for the fact that that um, that that things are happening the storms is coming lets you know basically that maybe you're on the right track amen the devil doesn't like it. The devil doesn't like uh, soul winning. The devil doesn't like you reaching for, uh, reaching for the loss. If you decide to make uh, things for God, soul winning, and the focal point of your ministry, you decide to do something for God, listen now, you're going to encounter storms in your life. You're going to encounter headwinds in your life. People on the shore, listen now, people on the shore who are afraid to set out the same way you are, they're watching you to see if you're going to sink or swim. They don't have the faith to launch out into the deep. They don't have any faith to launch out to the other side. But they are watching you to see if you're going to sink or if you're going to swim. People who are left behind are watching you to see if you're going to make it. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. But without faith it's impossible to please him. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There's no reason for us to fail, amen, as children of God. There's no reason for us to fail because the Bible says, Great is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We are more than conquerors to him that loved us. All your testimonies and failures would be pointless and a waste if your ship goes down. All the times that you rejoice, all the times that you sit up to testify, when the rubber meets the road, listen now, we have to make it because there are people that are watching. You're encountering headwind when you decide you want to serve the Lord. Jesus went to the other side, and the only reason why he went to the other side was because of a man named Legion. He was an unsaved and waiting on the other side. Jesus went to the other side to see him because, listen now, the Bible says in Luke 19.10, it says, for the, for, the Son of Man, uh, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen? Who is this legion? Look at what it says in Mark chapter 5 and verse number 1. Mark chapter 5 and verse number 1. Let's look and see, and see who it was this legion. Mark chapter 5 and look at what it says in verse number 1. Mark chapter 5 and verse number 1. Can I get a drink of water somewhere? Amen. And you all are too quiet for me. Man, I'm not in a Catholic church, am I? <laughs> amen. Hey, I need to hear some amens. I only heard, I've only heard two amens. Amen. The kids back there saying amen. <laughs> But anyway, look at what it says in Mark chapter 5, verse 1. It says, and, there, and they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tomb a man with an unclean spirit. I know we've read that in Luke chapter 8. Who had his dwellings among the tombs, 
and no man could bind him, no, not with chains. Now, can you imagine someone that you that maybe you're hearing, you know, can you imagine, just, just play, just um, imagine with me in a town, maybe here in Brookings, and there's a hill somewhere on the other side of town, and, and, um, and the man, there's a man up there, and, they, and uh, they don't know what to do with him, and they put chains around him because he's hollering and he's screaming, and, and he's carrying on, and he's keeping everybody awake, and, and, um, and then all of a sudden, uh, uh, he, you go to bed at night, and all of a sudden, this person is, is screaming, and, and, uh, uh, carrying on and cutting himself, and and uh, you go. I mean, you call the police. You call nine one one, and nine one one has has gone to see him at least a dozen times. And there's nothing they can do about him. And um, and you've tried everything else. You've tried to talk to people, and you've tried to talk to whoever would be able to help him. You've talked to doctors. You've talked to psychiatrists, and you've talked to many people. But yet, still, this man is still doing the same thing. As a matter of fact, he breaks the chains asunder. And and listen now, what I'm trying to say is, this man was dwelling among tombs, and no man could bind him. No, not with chains. And look at what it says in verse number four, because, uh, because that he had been oftentimes bound with fetters and chains and chains had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. There's nothing that they could do. Listen, now, maybe he has taken some um, tranquilizers and yet it doesn't help. Maybe the psychiatrists or the doctors have gone to see him and given him some medicine. Nothing seemed to work. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But verse number six, but when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. There are three things that I see about this man very quickly. Number one, this man was shameless, was shameless. Let's go back. Let's go back to Luke chapter eight very quickly. We might be going back and forth, but let's go back to Luke real quick. Luke chapter eight. Luke chapter eight, and look at what it says in verse number twenty-six. Luke chapter eight, verse number twenty-six. It says, "And they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee." Verse number twenty-seven. And when he went forth to land, there met, there met him out of the city a certain man, which had devils long time, and wore no clothes, neither about in any house, but in the tombs. Number one, this man was shameless. Was shameless. He had no clothes. He was renting his clothes. He rent his clothes. He did things. He went places. He said things. And, and um, he goes out at night and troubling the town, troubling the city. And he lodged in tombs. It was shameless. He didn't care if he didn't have any clothes. And almost that's the same way it is when somebody's unsaved. Listen now, there's no shame. We were all kinds of things, and I remember uh, Brother P. Gors, he, he maybe he remembers this, when I was, um, when I was uh, in the church, and, and he came to see me at the job unannounced. Amen? <laughs> and the t-shirt that I had, you remember that? The t-shirt that I had had holes. It was like, it was, it was open here to show my bulging muscle. You know, I could show you right now, but I, you know, I don't want to embarrass um, my brother here, you know. And um, so, but, um, but he, he said, hey, he said, hey, what is this? He put his finger into my shirt. You know, I didn't have any shame. 
But listen now, when I, after I got saved and I started to grow as a Christian, listen now, then I said, to notice some things that I ought to be ashamed of. But listen now, we ought to look like, like Christ and, and talk like Christ and act like Christ. Listen, and then they will know that, hey, that he's a Christian. But if we look like the world and talk like the world and act like the world, they say, hey, he's worldly. Or he may be unsaved. This man, was, this man, Legion, listen now, he was shameless. Number two, very quickly, not only was he shameless, number two, this man was careless. Look at what it says in verse number 28. It says, when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and with a loud voice said, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of God, the most high, I beseech thee, torment me not. He was careless. Somebody said this, thousands of persons appear to be far more anxious to run away from salvation than to run away from eternal fires. And that's the truth. Jesus wasn't coming to torment him. Jesus was coming to give him life, to change his life. But not only was he shameless, but he was also careless. If we look back at our own life, there are things that we were, we're ashamed of today. And also, listen now, and also there are times that we were careless, but now we're careful. Amen? I remember a story by the name of Mr. Wells, and Mr. Wells was unsaved, and he had a Christian friend of his that was a neighbor, and the Christian friend would always come by Mr. Wells' house and invite him to church, and, and, uh, and, and uh, he would always invite him, and he wouldn't come, and, and uh, the revival broke out at the church, and he invited him to come to the revival meeting, and Mr. Wells came one, uh, one or two services, and, and um, God spoke to his heart, and God touched his heart, and the conviction was so heavy in his life that he, that he wanted to get saved, but then he changed his mind. He didn't want to get saved because the life that he lived was so much of a pull in his life. He didn't want to get saved. A year went by. The same time the revival meeting came and uh, came by again at the church and, and the Christian friend of his neighbor invited Mr. Wells to church again for the revival and Mr. Wells came. And also the Holy Spirit said to speak to him but he never made a move towards God. By this time, Mr. Wells' hair is white, and his health is not as was it used to be. And he went to the hospital, and he was sick, dying of a terminal illness. And so his friend came to his house and was pleading with him to get saved and he wouldn't get saved. And listen now, then the day came when he would die. And listen now, he screamed so loud with, with the pain of the sickness that was in his body. And listen, then he just died without getting saved. It was too late. But listen now, the little boy, one of his um, grandsons was standing beside him when the boy witnessed Mr. Wells, his grandfather, die. That horrible death. Well, this five-year-old boy grew up, and he lived the same wicked way as his grandfather lived, and never made a move towards God, and eventually died unsaved. 
What I'm simply saying, listen now, there's a decision that you need to make before the time comes. And, and listen now, there are times that maybe you're, maybe you're shameless, you're, maybe you're shameless right now and you don't care about anything and you're here in church, maybe somebody invited you to church and, and you're here and you're here, in a, you're, here in a, you're, you're, you're in a Bible-believing church and you're going to hear the gospel in just a little while. And what I'm trying to say is we have to realize that, that um, God hasn't promised us the next minute. He hasn't promised us the next year. Listen, are you afraid of this COVID-19? Are you covered with fear? Why don't you drop your pride and drop that fear and come and trust in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Listen, now you might be shameless and you might be careless. Christ doesn't want to hurt you. Christ doesn't want to make your life miserable. Listen, now eternal life is facing you. And listen, now where will you spend eternity? Is my question. The bad prayer, torment me not. Many people rather run away from life than to run to life, or rather run to eternal fires. My worst day as a Christian is better than my best day as a lost man. Amen. For what Christ has done for me since I've been saved, Many people believe that Christ wants to ruin their lives. Is that you? But what I'm trying to say is this man named Legion was shameless and careless. And look at what it says, number three, this man was helpless. As I mentioned, the doctors went up, they crying and cutting himself and all kinds of mess and, and the loud noise keeping people awake and, and keep, keep, yeah, people, keeping people awake. And, and all of a sudden, the, the doctor said, you know, I have, a, I have the right medicine to give him. And he walks up and top of the hill and he said, uh, uh, now, uh, now, now just calm down, just calm down. I got something for you. And he gives him the medicine and, and then the, man, uh, the doctor comes back down and, and talks to the counsel that invited him. And he said, look, I think I've got this cure for him and I think he'll be okay. You're not going to have any trouble with him. The night came and they began hearing the man again. And everybody said, oh, there's no hope for this man. So they came and gathered together again. The council gathered together and said, uh, 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 the, the doctor did his best, but I think he needs a psychiatrist. Maybe when he was growing up and maybe he didn't, uh, maybe there was no dad at home and maybe, the, uh, maybe he was, maybe uh, uh, he, he, uh, he didn't have, he didn't, they didn't show any love to him and maybe they didn't hug him all the time and maybe they didn't feed him all the time and maybe they didn't uh, do anything for him and, and maybe that's why he has, he has um, he's lost his mind. The psychiatrist said, I'll fix him. And he goes up there and he gets a chair, a, 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 a lay down chair, and he lays down the, the man. And I test talking to him and started reasoning with him and, and talking to him and kind of getting in his mind. And, and the madman gets up and he throws the chair down the, down the hill and throws the psychiatrist down the hill. And, and the psychiatrist comes stumbling into the committee and says, hey, there's no hope for this man. So the psychiatrist said, well, no, maybe, um, maybe the pastor needs to go up there and, and preach to him. 
And so they pick up one pastor in the local town and, and uh, he said, I'll try, I'll go up there. And he, and, uh, and he tried to uh, water down what he's saying and, and uh, trying to reason with him. And, and uh, he's afraid that he'll, that he'll get mad with his heart preaching. Amen. And, and, um, and, uh, and he throws, listen now, he throws a pastor down the hill. And the pastor goes in there all bruised up and he said, there's no hope for this man. Then all of a sudden, then Jesus comes and listen now, and he sees Jesus afar off and he runs and he worships him. And the next minute, the whole town, the whole crowd of people that, that thought there was no hope for this man, listen now, but listen now, even though there's no hope, listen now, but help was on the way, man. So they see this man sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. The same day that Jesus met him. Oh, happy day, happy day. When Jesus washed his sins away, man. Our salvation in Christ is unspeakable, it's unsearchable, and it's unchangeable, amen. Everything changed. Matthew Henry, he said uh, when he was robbed one day and, and um, he, he, he thanked God for four things. I think it was. He said, number one, he said he thanked God that he was alive. Uh, they didn't take his life. He, he thanked God that, um, that all they took was just his measly um, uh, uh, valuables. And, and the third thing he said, he thanked God that, um, that, um, that he'd never been robbed before. And, um, and the fourth thing he said, thank God that he wasn't doing the robbing. Amen. There's something that happens to us when we get saved by the grace of God. We're changed from the inside out, not from the outside in. There's something that changes us, and that is Jesus. Very quickly, there are three obvious changes that was evident in the people, and evident to the people in the town. Number one, he was now careful. He was now careful. He was sitting at the feet of Jesus. He was sitting at the feet of Jesus. What a change. He wasn't careless, but now he's careful. Quiet, serene, humble posture. Isaiah chapter 30 verse 7, it says, Their strength is to sit still. Psalm 46, verse 10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. If there's a change in your life, you're going to be careful. If there's a change in your life, you will be willing to hear his word. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. You be careful. It's easy to try to fix things ourselves and do things ourselves. There's nothing wrong about fixing things and doing things ourselves. But listen now, the strength that we have is when we sit still. It is so hard to sit still and hear the voice of God. 
We're busy with electronics. We're busy going here, going all over the place and trying to do things. Listen now. And we forget that our strength is when we sit still. We have decisions to make. We have things that we need to do. We, have, we, have, um, we are bombarded by things in our minds and we, need to, we have responsibilities. And listen now, a lot of times God, listen, a lot of times God, sometimes he speaks to us, but we don't hear because we're so busy. We're not careful. To listen to what God has to say. As the Bible says, as I quoted, our strength is to sit still. The hardest thing to do, listen now, is to be alone with God. We always want music playing, we always want things going on where we can hear. But listen now, be still and know that I am God. God wants to speak to us. God wants to talk to us. I understand through the word of God. But listen, there are times that God wants to talk to you. Is he, is he wondering where you're at? Amen. Number one, he was careful. Number two, very quickly, he was shameful. Not only does it say sitting at the feet of Jesus, but it also says clothed. He was shameful. He put his clothes on. Amen. I changed my t-shirt, brother. Amen. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is that he was, listen now, he was clothed. I read a story about a Greek in a, on a Greek island stands an olive tree that supposedly dates back from the time of Hippocrates, the father of modern medicine. If true, this tree is some 2,400 years old. The trunk is very large, but completely hollow. The tree is little more than a thick bark. There are a few long strang strangled branches, but they're supposedly, they're, they're supported by sturdy wooden poles every few feet. It has an occasional leaf here and there, and might produce a few olives each year. Nearby fields are olive groves in many directions. Strong, healthy, young trees covered with leaves and olives. The old tree can still be called an olive tree by nature, but it has, it has long since ceased to fulfill an olive tree function. Tourists line up to inspect this ancient relic. You know, many Christians are the same way as this dead olive tree. They still call themselves Christians, but have ceased to produce. How shameful are you that you're not producing? You call yourself a Christian, and we, we, um, we, we, we know that, yes, that you're a Christian. But when last have you produced something? In God's eyes, what do you call you, old relic? I used to be vibrant for the Lord. I used to serve God. Listen now, you know, serving God has nothing to do with age. 
Amen. There was a story that I that I heard about. The pastor was telling the story of five elderly ladies. They were they were on um, they were on wheelchair. They were walking on cane and and uh, I'm not picking on grandma, grandpa, please. Amen. I'm not picking on y'all. Amen. <laughs> It's just an illustration, amen. And, uh, and, uh, but I'm picking on him. So one of the elderly people was named Pigors. And so anyway, so um, the pastor got up and preached that if you don't go soul winning, if you, don't, uh, if you don't win souls, you're not right with God. So the ladies came up and talked to the pastor and said, Pastor, you said that... Um, if we don't go so with it, we're not right with God. And so, um, what could you, what could the pastor say? You know, the ladies are just right there. You know, you weren't included, brother. Just ladies. And um, and so um, and he said um, so he kind of talked to him a little bit, gave him ideas. So they went back, went back home. So you know, the idea was that they thought of they thought of calling numbers in the phone book while they were home. And so the next service, they came, they came back to the pastor. They were so excited. They were, they were walking and wobbling and coming down to the, to the island. And uh, they came and said, Pastor, we got five. I didn't hear any amens. Are you all sleeping? They were souls. Amen? I thought somebody was going to jump up to the ceiling when I said that. Amen? They want this and these people want five. Listen now, God will give you ideas. God will give you suggestions. God will give you things. Listen now. And all I'm simply saying is that when last have you done something for God? This COVID-19, if we're not careful, will make us lazy. Amen? It will make us lazy. Well, listen now. What I'm trying to say is, listen now, are you ashamed? What we used to do, and we don't do that anymore. But this man was careful. He was shameful. He had his clothes on. Things we know that was wrong before years ago. Now we're accepting those things as right. Instead of moving back to where we used to be, we change our thinking and accept that we're outside the will of God. And we lived that way for five years. We lived that way for 10 years. We feel that, oh, God is through with us, that God cannot use us anymore. And listen now, God, God is always in the recruiting business, amen? We are probably the greatest Christian, as somebody knows. We are probably the only Bible that someone will ever read. The gospel of Matthew, Luke, and John are read by more than a few. But the one that is the most read and, com and, and um, commented on is the gospel according to you. You are writing the gospel, a chapter each day, by the things that you do and the words that you say. Men read what you write, whether faithful or true. Say, what is the gospel according to you? Do men read his truth and his, and his love in your life? Or has, or has yours seen to, as, or, or has yours seen to be full of malice and strife? Does your life speak of evil 
or does it ring true? Say, what is the gospel according to you? Not only was it careful, sitting at the feet of Jesus, not only was it shameful, he had his clothes on, but number three, he was hopeful. Lastly, he was hopeful and he was in his right mind. During the initial construction of the Golden Gate Bridge, no safety devices were used and 23 men fell to their deaths. For the final part of the project, however, a large net was used as a safety precaution. At least 10 men fell into it and were saved from certain death. Even more interesting, however, is the fact that 25% more work was accomplished after the net was installed. Why? Because the men had the assurance of their safety and they were free to wholeheartedly serve the project. When a Christian has that hope of eternal life and the assurance that never again will he come under condemnation, his potential for Christ should be unlimited. Amen? We're never going to lose what we got, folks. So just rest assured that Christ has it. And let's serve God. Amen? Has Christ changed you to the point where you have the I can't help it? Oh, I can't help it but serve God. I can't help it but come to church. In California, the COVID-19, boy, I'm telling you what, all the churches were shut down. Everything was down, live stream. I don't know when you guys opened up, but it seemed like even up to two weeks ago, there was only about a couple churches that were open. Independent Baptist, where we live, where we were staying. And so I called one church up and I said, look, I'm tired of watching TV. Amen. I want, I want to see a person. I want to see, I want to see some bodies. Amen. And he said, as a matter of fact, this is the first service that we're open to the um, uh, in-person service. Boy, we all got dressed, took a shower, got dressed. Boy, we, we drove so fast to the church. We said, hey, finally we see people. But if we're not careful, we'll get so used to it. Forsake not the assembly together as men of some is. We can't just rely on that. I close with this. There was a carpenter was um he was um he knew his work he just worked well and um he's a new christian he just got saved and he loved to go out and witness he loved to go out so winning and um anytime the, the the doors are open to go out witnessing he was there just a regular carpenter um didn't have really much of education so where he lived, um, and the way he worked, next door to where he worked was a, was, um, was a, was a really beautiful building. And uh, it was a lawyer office building. And so 
God impressed on his heart to go witness to that lawyer. And because the lawyer would always come and um, the lawyer would always give him a job and, um, and he would always um, do a good job for him and the lawyer paid him well. So he got to know this lawyer very well. And so God impressed on his heart to go witness to that lawyer. And with not much education, he, you know, really nervous and, you know, very timid kind of guy. He took him several weeks before he got that courage to go witness to the lawyer. So he went into the office and asked for the lawyer, and, and um, the lawyer was surprised to see him. He said, uh, is everything okay? Um, do I owe you anything or whatever? You know, he said, no, I'm fine. I just wanted to come talk to you. So he shut the door, and, um, and it took him a while to get going, and, and, um, and he stumbled and stammered, and it seemed like everything that he would say, the lawyer had an answer to. And the lawyer, being very eloquent, um, just turned everything upside down. And the, the carpenter felt so bad and, and um, was so embarrassed that some of the questions that the lawyer asked, he couldn't answer. And, and, um, and he just doubted that maybe the Holy Spirit did not impress in his heart to go witness to that lawyer that day. So he got up and... Um, walking towards the door, he opened the door, and he turned to the Lord, and he said, um, he said, I thought the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart to come and talk to you about Christ. Just wanted to know if you were saved, and I had to preach the gospel to you, but you can, as you can see, I've made a big mess of it. And he said, I just came just to let you know that I love you. And he shut the door and went home. Oh, he was so embarrassed, he felt so down, he went to his house, he told his wife that he didn't want to see anybody that day. Went to his room, shut the door, and he felt so embarrassed. So about a couple of hours went by, and there was a knock on, on the door of his house, and his wife opened the door, and it was the lawyer. And his wife said, um, he doesn't really want to see anybody. He told me to tell anybody, came to the door. So the lawyer said, no, he will want to see me. And so he, his wife called him, and he came out, and the lawyer was there. And the lawyer said, I, I want to hear about your Jesus today. He was able to present the gospel to him, and this lawyer bowed his head, and he got saved. You know, folks, it's not how well you can speak. It's not how... Um, familiar you are with the English word. It's not how much money you have that you could impress the Lord. It's not all of that, folks. It's the fact that when God saved you and when he saved me, he changed our lives to do something for him. This legion, man, when he changed he ran and he pleaded, he begged. He said, Lord, can I come with you? And Jesus said, no. He said, go to your house and go to your folks and tell them how great things God has done. That's all it is. So, are you careful? Are you shameful? Is the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart that, boy, I wish I could do more? Why are you hopeful? 
He was helpless, but now he's hopeful for a bright future in his life.